You're listening to Tony Mark with The Art of Wellness on PeachRadio.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of The Art of Wellness on PeachRadio.com. Today, I have a very special guest in studio. His name is Dr. Ken Kadeski, and he's a fertility expert. He's not only a a fertility expert, but he's one of the leading uh, fertility experts in the world. Um, Dr. Kadeski is in studio to help us understand um, what what it takes to to allow women to realize their dreams of having... uh, kids and um, all the the new techniques and what's available uh, uh, in 2016 to the 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 people that are having problems with um, with uh, having having babies dr. Ken Kadeski welcome to the studio thanks Tony you're quite welcome dr. Kadeski is also a founding um, partner in trio in uh, fertility and he's also the medical director of the the clinic Uh, but you're, you, you've done so much in your, in your life. You're, you're part of um, the, the Mount Sinai staff. You're, you're also uh, part of the University Health Network. And uh, to my surprise, you, you're uh, uh, an advisor to the, the Canadian la- uh, lab- uh, Laboratory um, uh, Association. Uh, you make the laws that govern the labs that we attend. I didn't know that. Well, we advise, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, Dr. Kadeski, what is infertility? So, there's a number of different definitions, Tony, but the standard definition of infertility is when a couple or a woman has been trying to get pregnant. If she's under 35, she's been trying to get pregnant for a year. If she's over 35, she's been unsuccessful trying to get pregnant for six months. Okay. Okay. And what is the difference between infertility in men and infertility in women? So uh, the biggest difference, I'm sure there's a number of jokes I can say, but the the biggest difference is the fact that a woman is born with all her eggs. A woman never makes new eggs. And from the day she's born, she is going through hundreds of eggs every single month. Unlike a man who every three months regenerates a new stock of sperm. So when there's there's many different reasons why couples can't get pregnant. From the woman's side, the, the, one of the greatest challenges, we're dealing with the fact that women run out of eggs the older they get. Whereas with men, it's frequently a genetic thing that they're born with. Um, it could be an injury, but it's... The fact that men keep on making sperm, um, it's a, 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 a quantum difference between male and females. Okay. Okay. And, and that leads me to my next question. The, the term IVF, uh, in vitro fertilization, what does that involve? What, what, what's that term? Because we hear it so often um, in, in your line of work. I just want the audience to understand what IVF truly is. Okay. So... True IVF is standard way couples get pregnant is sperm and egg meet in the fallopian tube, create a pregnancy, that pregnancy travels down the fallopian tube and eventually arrives in the uterus where it sticks or implants. In in vitro fertilization, and there's many, many different reasons why it's done, um, woman produces eggs, but before they release, we surgically minor surgically, remove these eggs. 
the male side gives us a sperm sample. We fertilize them just to simplify it in a dish, create these pregnancies in a dish, let them develop, and then once developed, take one or two and place them back inside the woman's uterus. So you're bypassing the fertilization in the fallopian tube and allowing it to occur in a dish. But the nice thing about, people say they go to an IVF center as well. It's more, it's also a generic term used for a fertility center where people with fertility problems will say they're going to an IVF center. They may never have in vitro fertilization there, but oh, okay. standard simplified IVF is sperm and egg are put together in a dish to create an embryo pregnancy. And in that process, how long, you know, you're talking about individuals now, what's the, the, the approximate time that that can take from that, you know, that initial visit to, to, um, uh, pregnancy. Well, uh, maybe a different way of putting it is, uh, when a new couple shows up in our offices, um, sometimes we have an idea right from the first five minutes, what they need. Other times we have to do a fairly exhaustive assessment to see what their problem is. Um, for example, in our center, we tell our patients that within one year, there's a 90% chance they will get pregnant. We don't know if it's something as simple as putting them on vitamins or going ahead and doing in vitro fertilization. In answer to your question, a standard, in, from the time a couple's seen and investigated, that can take upwards between two to five weeks. And if not many patients do go directly into in vitro fertilization, there's many other things we do otherwise, but if they do, um, and they start in vitro fertilization, it can take anywhere from three to six weeks from the time they begin it to the time we have the embryos. So Dr. Kadeski, um, you mentioned that, um, you know, you don't like it or, or in the, in the, um, with the, the procedures that you do, someone that's on the extremes, whether, you know, mentioned the, the vegetarianism or someone that's overly like a marathon runner, someone that's overly uh, pushing exercise, it's always better more in the middle. Um, your, what's your advice of how to go about um, the, the easiest way where staying in the middle? Is it just doing what they're currently doing or just a little bit of, you know, a little bit of healthy eating, a little bit of exercise? Is that um, would be part of your advice? Yeah, that that's exactly it. I mean, it, it's basically be sensible. So in terms of exercise, we actually tell patients that they can Exercise three times a week for 45 minutes. And that 45 minutes includes warm up and warm down because they won't get their endorphins up in terms of diet. We tell them to have a balanced diet. Uh, believe it or not, fat is good for fertility. Like eating fat is good for fertility. Um, but Stick to Canada's food guide and, and you're fine. Okay, so, but you mentioned, you know, the, the beta carotene that's very high in vegetarianism. Um, is, is, do you take people and say, well, you're going to have to eat, you just mentioned fat, you're going to have to eat a little bit more fat in order to, does that change a lot of the, 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 the things that they do? Uh, I'm not try trying to sound sexist when I say this, but when uh, I first did my training, I was taught my, by my professor that in order to get pregnant, 
women need love handles. In other words, they need body fat because body fat is involved in estrogen metabolism. And if you take a look at uh, most paintings of women prior to 1900, women were round, they had body fat, and no one really documented whether or not fertility was infertility was prevalent then, but it likely wasn't as. Um, so um, we, we counsel them, as I said, just be sensible. Uh, just eat a balanced diet. Okay. Now we're going to take a short break uh, and come back with uh, Dr. Ken Kadeski. And um, I want to talk more about uh, the, the advanced techniques that are happening in 2000, uh, 2016. You've, um, you've been at the forefront of fertility for so long. And um, I, I'd like to know where we are at uh, today in, 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 in what you do. Mm-hmm. We'll be right back on the Art of Wellness on PeachRadio.com. You're listening to Peach Radio, streaming from the Peach Gallery in Toronto. We're back on the Art of Wellness on PeachRadio.com with Dr. Ken Kadeski, who's uh, explaining to us what uh, uh, in vitro fertilization, infertility, and all the other things that um, that's part of the, the wellness uh, umbrella that I'm trying to enlighten our audience with. Dr. Kadeski, I wanted to know, um, where are you at today with the advanced techniques in, in uh, fertility? So, Tony, I'm at the advantage that I actually graduated medical school in 1978, which coincidentally is the year that Louise Brown was born, the very first IVF baby. Wow. So I've seen the advancements all the way till now. And when we first started doing in vitro fertilization in 1993, we were overjoyed when we had a 15% pregnancy rate. We're now disappointed if we don't have a 65 to 70% pregnancy rate. So there's been um, the advances. I'm going to preface this by saying, so when I went to medical school, the standard way we looked at fertility was we would check the macro part of fertility. We'd make sure all the pipes and all the plumbing were open and working. And if they were, we'd send people off to try on their own. They still didn't get pregnant because we realized the majority of couples who are having difficulty getting pregnant have problems with the micro side of fertility. So the micro side makes up 60% of fertility problems. So sperm sees the egg. It has to swim over. It has to pop its lid for a drill to come out. It has to drill into the egg, transfer its genetic information into that egg, create an embryo over hundreds of thousands of steps that has to grow has to crack out of that original eggshell and finally implant in the woman's uterus. And we never saw this ever before, before we did in vitro fertilization, because you finally have an opportunity to see sperm and eggs sitting in a dish and see how they interact. So everything we've done since that time have been improvements on the microsite to the point now where probably 60% of the cases we do. And again, we do a lot of other things besides in vitro fertilization. But when we create embryos, we now have the opportunity to genetically test these embryos while they're still in the dish, identify the ones that are normal, and those would be the only ones we put back. We are just in the process of a research project where, as I told you before, women tend to run out of eggs, but we're coming up with new research at getting 
older ovaries to grow new eggs as well. So um, the reason I love what I do is because everything changes every five years. So there's new innovations, there's new techniques, there's new new ways of doing things, and uh, it keeps you on the forefront and of technology. It's a, a very cool job. I've known Dr. Kadeski for, for quite a number of years. I've actually seen his, his kids grow up. I know his wife, Hildy, very well. And um, uh, it, it's, it's incredible. I was talking to you a few weeks ago and you were going to a conference in, in Spain and, um, and, and talking and, and, and looking into new ideas and finding out, uh, uh, new technologies and, and, and ways of doing things. You were just in Spain a few weeks ago. Was that one of the, 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 the conferences that, uh, did you learn anything? Did anything new, I should say, come out of that uh, conference? Um, yeah. So um, a lot of the things that we see at these conferences, the good news is we're doing it already. But you come up with four or five pearls that you've never even thought of before. And it either stimulates a uh, new branch of research you want to work on or just some subtle thing that maybe you can tweak your pregnancy rate uh, two to three percent higher. So uh, there were like over a thousand delegates from around the world there and just the dialogue with uh, various different people from around the world and seeing how they do things slightly differently, but sort of the same was, uh, it was a great experience. That's one of the things that I've always enjoyed talking to you about. Um, you know, our relationship go back probably about, uh, at least maybe almost 20 years. And, um, you've always seemed to be on the leading edge. You've always seen, you know, I, I, it's, uh, that's why I wanted you on to come on the show because every time you came back from a conference, uh, I'm always, you know, uh, interested into, in finding out what you were doing and where you went and so on. We also have a, a great love of food and we're always discussing restaurants and everything around and which is, leads me to my next question. How do you, um, with, all the things you do and your busy lifestyle and, and so on, how do you prioritize your health? And because I know you from working out and um, actually, I'm going to take my question even further. Do you enjoy working out? So, Tony, I'm going to be 63 years old this year and I've been working out regularly, regularly since I was 19 and I've never enjoyed it once. <laughs> like, I hate exercise. <laughs> On the other hand, it's just something I know I have to do. Um, I was born with a few health issues. And uh, as a result of that, I know I have to keep myself healthy. So it sucks, but I, I, I do it because I have to. Now, I asked Ken this, the, I asked him that question for a specific reason. As I said, I've known him for a very long time. And it's, it's one of those Abbott and Costello things that I go through. I always say every day I see him, Ken, did you enjoy the workout? No, I hated it. He would say every single time. This is 20 years now that we've been, I asked him the same question. The answer is always the same. And he always ends with, but it feels so good when I finish. <laughs> so it, uh, I just, you know, part of the this sh this show is to help motivate people to, to, to start working out. Most people do not like working out. And I have the perfect person in front of me right now who absolutely hates doing it. And he does it 
almost on a daily basis, he does it and it's because he he has prioritized it and made it part of his lifestyle. So um, you, you're the example that I'm trying to, to get across to people that they can all do it. Guilt is a wonderful motivator, isn't it? <laughs> yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, if I don't work out, I feel guilty. Now, yeah. uh, Ken, it, is, is your wife, Hildy? Hilly, is she? Uh, I know she's in absolute phenomenal shape. Is she an inspiration? Is she a motivator in your life, uh, or is it you know you do your thing, she does her thing, and at the end of it all, you guys are both healthy in your own way? Is she? Does she motivate you? So I've known my wife since I was what sixteen years old. Um, as you know, my wife is five foot zero, and I'm six <laughs> feet tall, and she totally rules the roost. Um. I didn't know that, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Uh, so the, the answer to that question is, is, is that we do things in different ways, but, uh, she occasionally comes up with a good idea or some awful insult to me that stimulates me even more. Um, she, you know, she's slow and steady and me, I tend to, uh, if I notice I put on three pounds, I'll just, I've got absolute iron discipline and I'll just be able to take it off in uh, two weeks. So with her, she doesn't gain, she doesn't lose. I have minor variations. So we, we do it differently, yet the same. And we, she eats a bit differently than I do. <laughs> her idea of a hot meal is a bowl of steam, but that's <laughs> Now, I, I want to take one more short break and, and come back and, and discuss, um, you know, when I first met you, um, uh, you had a couple of health issues. You, 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 you touched on it uh, a few minutes ago. But, um, you know, I was motivated to help you uh, uh, right from the beginning. And, um, you know, your story is so intriguing. I'd like to, to help, you know, the audience understand why it's so important to stay in, 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 in good shape, not, not extreme shape, not extreme. You know, you, you never said you wanted a six pack or anything like that, but I, I you know, we're going to come back and we're going to discuss how you got into this, you know, prior to meeting me and how you've maintained it over the last few years. We'll be right back with Dr. Ken Kadeski on peachradio.com. This is Peach Radio. We're back on uh, peachradio.com with Dr. Ken Kadeski. And um, I just wanted to give you a little bit of background on how I met Dr. Kadeski. I first met his wife, Hildy, and um, she introduced me to, to, to Ken. And I started training Ken years ago. I no longer train Ken. He has this incredible trainer named Ajay that he sees. And, um, you know, they always seem to have fun. But uh, at Dr. Kadeski, in, you know, when I first met you, you told me you're a diabetic. And um, uh, your goal was to, to lose some weight and, and, and so on. What ended up happening over, uh, uh, I think it was almost two years, you lost quite a bit of weight. And I remember you telling me specifically, you're able to cut your insulin in half. Now, that is that was remarkable to me that, you know, just controlling, you know, taking your weight down, you're able to do that. You've, have you been able to maintain that since then uh, uh, with, your, with your, your workouts and your eating habits? So although, as I said, I've been working out regularly, when I 
think I first started working with you, I was, I weighed about 235 in that range. And then st st most of my workout was, was cardio without any weight training. When I started working with you, I did a ba balanced approach to working out. I made the conscious choice to eat better. When I see you in the gym, it was, a, <laughs> yeah. it, it, it was an inspiration. And uh, I, I now am somewhere in the range of 200, 201 pounds. And like, as I said, I vary over the past 20 years by maybe two or three pounds at, at the very most. So uh, I, I, I've stuck to what, what works for me. Uh, I, uh, I, I'm the oldest recorded juvenile diabetic at Mount Sinai Hospital in, in that uh, I, I, be, I was diagnosed as a juvenile diabetic when I was an adult, but uh, um, it, um, working out has uh, given me excellent hemoglobin A1C levels, which is a way we monitor yes. our blood sugars. Uh, my insulin requirements are easily half of what they were when I first started out. And let's face it, I feel better. It, um, it, you know, once again, you know, always beating on this drum of, you know, exercise, just make it part of your life. Just, you know, you, you, you have to be disciplined about it. It doesn't have to be uh, uh, overly intense, but it has to be regular. You have to be disciplined about it. And if you miss it, you you get right back on. I've spoken to you so many times over the years where, you know, whether it's, you know, I know you love your wine and, and you know, your dinners and so on, but you've always been able to come back around right off the bat and just, you know, get back on, on, on the, the healthy side of, of uh, the routine. So it, um, I look at you as an example, you know, that everyone should be taking where you enjoy life, you're, you're, you do everything everything under the sun, but you still make um, uh, working out a, a priority. Now, it, it's, you know, that's enough about you, uh, uh, Ken. Now, I just wanted you to, to, to leave us with what can, what can the, the message that couples can take home uh, uh, about uh, 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 infertility and, and, you know, with w the stuff that we've discussed today, um, just to, to not only, uh, help them educate themselves, but also to, to give them some, some peace of mind. What can they take from, from, from you today to, to help that process? So probably my biggest message is that, again, because women age, there's never a right time to have a baby. You'll always find a reason not to or an excuse. But fertility isn't a tap that you can turn on and off at will. When you turn it back on, the flow is going to be less. So a woman's fertility constantly decreases. And I'll give you an example. Peak fertility. Peak fertility in a woman is at age 18. And on the perfect occasion, on the exact time that she's ovulating, she makes love with her partner. On perfect timing, this 18-year-old has a 25% chance of getting pregnant, meaning three out of four opportunity three four three out of four three quarters of the eggs that she produces will not get her pregnant in that particular month at her peak at her peak age 18 just to give you some numbers at age 35 it's down to 12 percent at age 40 
it's down to 46 4 to 6% and at age 42 it's less than 2% natural fertility and that's why my office is filled with couples where the woman is frequently over age 35 so my advice to couples is is that if you can consider getting pregnant early be aware that you don't have a finite number of eggs and most importantly the newspapers and the TV shows lie in that when a movie star gets pregnant at age 45, she isn't pregnant by anything other than using a younger woman's egg. Dr. Kadeski, thank you for coming into the studio today and enlightening us with uh, uh, all the ins and outs about uh, fertility and infertility. Um, you were an incredible guest and you, you've helped us understand what um, uh, this topic is all about. Ladies and gentlemen, the best way to get a hold of um, Dr. Kadeski and Trio Fertility is at um, the phone number is 416-506-0804. There is also a 1-800 number that's 1-800-520-0100. Or you can email them at info trio fertility, info at triofertility.com. <laughs>